Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 224. Glad you could join us. We've got a bit of a limited crew today, but uh, get some good topics. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Bait. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Bait. I'm a Florida man and currently on Thanksgiving break. Nice, nice. How long does that last for, for college folk? So we get a week. Um, it started on Friday, um, but we get out the 14th of December and I don't think we go back to like uh, the 7th of January, so like a little bit less than a month uh, between semesters. So well, that's, that's not bad. Nice. No, not at all. Okay. Are you glad to have a break from the craziness of college? Oh my god, yeah. You know, I <laughs> I, I really am. Um, so, you know, hopefully I just have some time to chill and, uh, you know, goof off. Good stuff. What, what year are you in for college? Freshman. Oh, the freshman times. I remember those. <laughs> Yeah, college was was an experience. We'll leave it at that. Um, all right, Libby, you're up. Hi, <laughs> I'm Libby, I'm one of the co-hosts here and uh, side reporter for Project Nova. I miss college. Unfortunately, I don't get breaks for work. So, um, yeah, there's that. Yeah, and I am Pokey Draven. I uh, also went to college. It was it was hell on earth, um, but I got an engineering degree, so that's great. I don't actually use my degree, but. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> I do the Project Nova stuff with Livy. I'm kind of the curator of our YouTube channel, and I help host the show here. So, good stuff. Let's get started at the top of the list with everyone's new favorite Christmas movie, Once Upon a Deadpool. Did you uh, hear about this, Bane? You know, I did, and I haven't really, like, looked at anything else for it. Um, I think the rating for that got bumped down, though. It was like a PG-13 kind of deal. Yeah, so basically Fox had been asking like Ryan Reynolds for a PG-13 version of Deadpool since like the first movie, and he basically said, fuck that. You know, it's, it's an R-rated movie. Um, but he said, I finally said, okay, but I had like conditions. So if you're at all familiar with like The Princess Bride, like the movie The Princess Bride, and the format is basically um, a grandfather reading a story about The Princess Bride to um, his grandson who's you know, sitting in bed. I think he's sick, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it cuts to the movie of like the actual story and it kind of comes out for narration where the, the grandpa and, the, and the, the, the grandson talk about it. And, you know, it, it's kind of a cool format. Well, what they've done with Deadpool 2 is that they've given it that format so in order to kind of cut out the r-rated parts that are a little too intense that that bump it from a pg-13 to an r-rated film they're going to use the cuts to the storytelling in order to um you know uh fill the space and have it make it make have it make sense but also kind of interject some additional humor into it the best part out about this however is that instead of a grandpa and his grandson it is deadpool reading the story to an actor by the name of Fred Savage, who, if you haven't heard of him, he played the grandson in A Princess Bride, but he's like an adult now. And he's in bed, and they've actually recreated the room like point by point. Like It's actually really impressive how the room from A Princess Bride is identical to the room from um, Once Upon a Deadpool, except that Deadpool has, of course, duct-taped him to the bed and is now forcing him to listen to the story about Deadpool too. But it's a PG-13 version, so it's it's okay. And it's a Christmas story, so it's going to be good. But uh, the trailer is absolutely hilarious. You should check it out, baby, if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, for sure. So it's so it's the second movie, then, that's just being told or narrated or whatever? Uh, I believe so, yes. Oh, okay, interesting. 
but yeah, so it'll be a PG-13 version of it. So if if your kids want to, you know, go see it and you didn't want them to see and you, you shouldn't let them see the original one, this will hopefully be a little more uh, acceptable. So, you know, amongst the, the list of great holiday movies, uh, of which Die Hard is included, of course, um, when, when does this come out? Ooh, let me check real quick. Because, like, I mean, this is going to go down in the books as, like, like better than Elf, obviously. Better than Elf. <laughs> yeah, you heard me, dude. Better than Elf. I, never, I guess I never went to the theaters for that movie. I, I don't think I've actually seen that movie. Oh, well, <laughs> aren't you doing yourself a service? A good service. Uh, so it looks like it's coming out December 12th. And the cool part is, is that uh, part of the proceeds from the movie is going to go to Fudge Cancer, um, which is the PG-13 version of the group called Fuck Cancer, which is a, uh, a charity that helps raise funds to uh, fund cancer research. So if you just go see Deadpool, Once Upon a Deadpool in theaters, you will be helping to uh, fuck cancer. But no, it, it looks it looks pretty good. I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But then I saw the trailer. I was like, okay. This could actually be pretty funny. Like it might have just enough, just enough extra stuff in it to kind of to kind of mix up, make make it worth a watch. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for it. But yeah, December twelfth this year that'll be out. Uh, moving along, I mentioned it last week, but Libby and I and my brother finished watching Castlevania season two. So this is the Netflix anime adaptation of uh, one of the Castlevania games. I'm not at all familiar with the series, which was kind of nice to go in totally blind, and I'm not going to be offended by any. Uh, things that are different from the game, um, but I'm not sure which game it was. But it was season two was, was fucking awesome. Like it was really really good. Like season one was only four episodes, and it was just kind of introducing the three main characters, um, like it's four main characters, uh, in kind of setting the setting of the, the world. And that got renewed for season two, like day one, and it shows because the, the the first season was fantastic. Season two takes on more of a kind of Game of Thrones thing where you. I was expecting it to be just like, okay, it's the Belmont and, you know, other characters going through Dracula's castle to kill Dracula. It's going to be great. And it actually shifts into this very, like, Game of Thrones thing where it's like the backstory of Dracula and his vampire generals and all the infighting and the, the political scheming behind the scenes. And they actually pack a lot into the eight episodes that are only half an hour each. Like, it's it's a lot of content, but the pacing feels really good. Um I, I thought it was fantastic. What do you think, Libby? I enjoyed it a lot. I think I watched. I think I actually binge watched the first one when I saw it. Um, I don't. I never even played the games either, so I thought that this was totally not related to anything. Um, but from that perspective, I thought it was actually brilliant um, writing, especially coming back in a season two where things start to get silly in, in anime shows. I think they did a really good job. Yeah, it felt like a really good end cap. And, and just after watching the first season, I, I kind of looked a little bit into Castlevania. I didn't play anything, but just kind of looking at like the history of and, you know, just gameplay and that sort of thing. And I have to say that even as someone who has a very tangential understanding of the game series, the amount of little tiny things that they fit in there, like just small little visual details or references are really really good and like i said that's from the perspective of someone who doesn't really know much about the series so i i imagine that if you are familiar with it and i i think this is probably true because people received it very well um that it's, it's got to be packed full of really good stuff um that, that people really enjoyed so it was 
it was fantastic. Um, my only complaint is probably with season one being four episodes and season two being eight episodes, they probably could have capped it off at seven episodes. The, the last episode is kind of a epilogue. It's just kind of an end cap on everyone's story. And it, it wasn't like filler, um, but it did feel like, you know, you get to the end of episode seven and you're like, oh, okay, we're, we're done. And then there's another episode. You're like, oh, okay. Um, it was still good, you know, but like I said, it just, it felt a little weird because I was expecting kind of a big climax to be at the very, very end. And it's definitely not. It's at the end of episode seven. Hopefully that's not a spoiler for anybody, but um, it felt like it went on maybe a, a little longer than it needed to. But it was kind of nice because they, I felt like they did a good job of kind of capping off certain character arcs but not necessarily um sealing the whole story off like i don't think they'll do a sequel i don't think that's their intention obviously the game that this is based off of leads into other games so they kind of have to set those plot lines in motion but as for the characters that i think appear exclusively in this game they did a really good job of kind of wrapping their their story up and and, and doing a good job with that so Overall, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, if you're not even if you're a fan of the Castlevania series, this is worth a watch. Um, I call it anime, but I'd probably say it's actually a little more in line with the Western art style. But uh, the humor and um, everything is very, very Western. It's done by a Western company. Um, like I said, bankrolled by Netflix. But it is uh, it is fantastic. Because the, the, the humor is hilarious. Like it's a serious, dark, you know, bloody show. But they managed to like pick the perfect timing for like jokes and little quips between the characters. Like it's the timing is impeccable and the writing is way better than it has any right to be. So um, yeah, I won't gush about it much longer. But uh, yeah, Castlevania season two, really really good. Um, you can watch the whole thing. It's twelve episodes in total. Definitely worth your time to go check it out if you have Netflix. Now, is there going to be a season three? Have they talked about that at all? So I don't think so. I, I feel like they were done with that. Um, and why I say that is because my next topic that uh, Adi, God, I'm pronounced wrong. Adi Shankar is the guy who directed it. He recently announced in the last week that he has obtained the rights to do a new anime for Devil May Cry, um, which is the next project, which is fucking fantastic because there, there is a Devil May Cry anime, but uh, it, it's okay. But if he can make it anything like what Castlevania was, it's going to be fantastic. And, and the fact that he's working on that, it leads me to think that they're kind of done with Castlevania for now. Maybe they'll touch it again later, but uh, for right now, I think they're going to be moving on. But yeah, so the Devil May Cry one comes at actually a, a really good time because um, DMC5 will be coming out in, shit, like two, three months, I think. i got to check again. So, I mean, hype is real because there was a... 10-year gap between Devil May Cry 4 and 5, so people are, are very excited. There's that DMC reboot in the middle we don't talk about, um, but uh, this is a really good time, and I think it, it, I would love if they did this, if it was actually not necessarily a retelling of one of the existing games, but rather a what happened in the time period to the characters between 4 and 5, because they kind of leave off on this ambiguous note of like, eh, you know, we're done doing our adventure and then they just kind of, you know, meet up again in five. I'd be really curious to see if they could kind of touch on what happened um, in that time period. And it's perfect timing right now because like I said, the game just came out. Um, I imagine this, this anime will be done after the game is released, but um, it, it'll be good. People will be hyped for it. Assuming five is good. They'll want to know more. Um, the Lord devil may cry is it's not bad. You know, it, it, it's, it's pretty good. 
Um, and I think that they could do a lot of good storytelling with this. And like I said, the, he's, he's really good. Um, the characters in Castlevania kind of had that, you know, roguish, snarky, you know, asshole um, mentality, like a lot of the characters in the, the DMC universe have. So I think that they, they'll be able to nail the humor really well and, and, and portray the characters in a good way. And they've already signed on all of the voice actors that have played in the last several games and the anime. So it, it'll all feel, you know, right and proper and i'm i'm very excited for it because this is this is pretty hype so are there any like plot details that have been released about the uh about the anime is it going to like run in conjunction with the game or building off of some of the game's other lore uh very light on details they really haven't talked much about it other than hey we're doing it um i think his quote was is that I obtained the rights to the dmc franchise so the idiots in uh hollywood wouldn't fuck it up so, um, yeah, that's that's about all we have to go off of uh, right now. But like I said, I, it would make sense just to me if it was based off of kind of the events between Devil May Cry 4 and 5. He also dropped kind of a, a weird hint. The whole interview with IGN was bizarre. Um, but he says that with the release of the Devil May Cry anime, he's starting what he's calling the bootleg multiverse, which connects Castlevania to Devil May Cry in some way and then ask the audience to please speculate and go crazy with it. So um, that is a discussion I will not be getting into because that shit's crazy. Um, but they, I, I can see them kind of having some fun with that and dropping references between uh, between the shows if, if he can continue to make, you know, series moving forward. So that'd, that'd be kind of fun. Okay, so moving along, let's shit talk Fallout 76 some more because that's going to be like my new, my new No Man's Sky, my new... Uh, Star Citizen is let's let's talk about games I don't play but love to talk poorly about. So it's the what broken Fallout seventy six feed. Yeah, it, it's usually some new thing every week. So I'll, I'll let Libby do this one because she kind of grabbed the article initially. <laughs> I grabbed it, but I I don't know the entire situation. All I know is that um, this one had to do with uh, everyone sending out the three nukes at one time and completely crashing the servers. Yeah, apparently if you launch three nukes at the same time, it literally blows up the server and everything stops working. Like, it's really bad. Because, I mean, I I think they literally just put out the nuke codes. Like, that's something new that they had just put out. And everyone, of course, was like, let's do it. Well, I mean, it's like... (laughs) Again, it comes back to this, this low quality production where it's just like... Didn't you guys think that this might happen and want to test that? That, hey, you might have nukes that like launch simultaneously and not blow up the the server i mean i I imagine a lot of the issue comes from the fact that the the whole mechanic behind the nukes is that you you have to find like pieces of the nuclear code um and they're like very very rare but you'll find them and and they'll drop and then you kind of put them together you can go to a silo and you use the code to launch a nuke and you can kind of pick where you want it to to land and when it hits there it, it obviously blows up and it like destroys and irradiates that area and it basically generates kind of like a high level dungeon where it's like there's death claws all kinds of crazy shit in there but it's, it's kind of this like hey i'm spawning a dungeon almost using this nuke um so i imagine that probably comes with like drastically altering the terrain so the server's probably trying to load like three giant chunks of terrain all at once and doing all the calculations for that and probably just said fuck it and gave up because i mean this ugh, it's, it's it's crazy though but this is this shit is so fucked up. But I mean, you know, you you in a lot of games you'll have, you know, no pun intended, launch issues. 
Um, but this thing has been so plagued with performance problems and, and just you know, bad gameplay and really poor reviews. And I know that there's a lot of information coming out. Like they're adding a lot of the stuff people are asking for, but it's kind of like, okay, that's great, but maybe you should have waited to release this thing like a year and then you know move forward with it rather than kind of this really buggy, unfinished state that's just absolutely not stable at all. It's It's, it's insane. So like... Are we putting the nukes all in one spot to create some like hyper dungeon, or was it like three different areas? <laughs> can can you indeed stack the nukes? I don't know. Um, I, I saw a picture someone posted. I'm not sure if it was actually in game, but it looked like the nukes were indeed in uh, separate locations. Um, I'm not sure if you can hyper stack nukes together, but uh, that would be interesting. <laughs> all right, so. Because we are such an influential and huge podcast, I would like to charge uh, everybody that we can get that plays Fallout 76. I want you to do this again, right? Do it again, but put everything in one area. All four or three or 67 nukes, however many are in this game, put them in one area. And then go raid that dungeon. And when you do, I want you to record it, upload it to YouTube, and uh, I'll pat you on the back. Because that's about all I can offer. Hashtag stack nukes. Okay, good stuff. It's a forced beta for Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> like, God Your damn beta it, wasn't long enough. <laughs> it's like they fired off 13 nukes at the same spot repeatedly. <laughs> the server's on fire. <laughs> People are evacuating the fucking building. <laughs> and it looks like they sent it off um, three different regions. I think it was meant to, to hit the same spot, though. So they launch it from three different areas on the map onto one area on the map and yeah they got booted real quick oh so they, they did attack the same area yeah oh apparently it was just too much radiation for that area it broke the geiger counters then it's all over from there <laughs> oh my gosh no it's just you know i feel bad because you know you've probably got people that are actually working on this and, and working shitty hours and putting a ton of time into it and i mean it's like you've got to know like this shit is not ready to ship and your your name probably isn't like on it. I mean, it's probably in the credits, but like it's it's not your name when people are looking at this thing. But, you know, that's got to suck pushing that out, knowing it's going to have tons of issues. And you're, like, you're not proud of what you did because it's not ready yet. But, you know, the, the guys upstairs told you to push it out. And I I really feel for the, the guys and the, the rank and file of game companies when this shit happens, because it's like people shit talk the game and it's like those guys probably put a shitload of work into making this game good like they, they really wanted it because I, I never expect developers to go i think i'm gonna do a shitty job today i don't think people work like that i think that they really want to do well and it just things happen and it doesn't turn out the way it is and then they got to listen to all the people shit talking the game all oh, this sucks it was so bad and it's like no it just wasn't ready you know and i i really do feel for them yeah and i mean it's like the game is still riddled with bugs, um, and like with the holidays coming up, I, I feel bad for some of these people. And a part of me has to wonder if some of them are gonna have to come in between now and and, and Thanksgiving, and then the few days afterwards. So like you know, these people are potentially missing out uh, on time with their families and whatnot. That they probably you know the in laws coming in or whatever that they haven't seen. But I mean, also their families at home that they probably haven't seen because some uh dipshit up at bethesda was like hey let's push this game out before it's not ready so uh, those i do feel bad for yeah like you were saying but like people like todd howard man eh, i like the guy 
but I can't really feel bad for him, which sucks because, you know, that's that guy is Bethesda pretty much. When you think of Bethesda, you think of Todd Howard. And yeah, it's just a city situation. I really wouldn't want to be him. And I wouldn't want to be any of these other people. I mean, it could be worse. You could be that poor guy that stood up on stage and announced the whole mobile Diablo game. Like, that, oh, that, fuck guy. that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, when, when the guy gets up, on, gets up to the mic and he goes, is this an out-of-season April Fool's joke? I was like, holy shit. Right. And they're thinking, like, we're not going to fire you. We're just going to have you announce the next mobile game. <laughs> What's oh, the like, oh, like, like, ratio in that video? Is it still, like, awful? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's increasingly bad. I was like, I think I saw it. I think it was up maybe, I think I saw it early. So it was like, I don't know. I feel like it was maybe, uh, maybe 600 likes and like 9,000 dislikes or 1.6 thousand likes and 9,000 dislikes. But okay. So, okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Diablo Immortal cinematic trailer um, here. It has 25,000 upvotes and 668,000 downvotes. Oh, yeah. Get fucked. <laughs> I mean, oh, to be fair, this is kind of like the EA, like, pride and accomplishment post. It's like once people, like, find out that there's, like, the most downvoted something ever, they all go and downvote it, even though they probably would have never actually downvoted in the first place. So it's kind of like a snowball. But, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and, and, and I haven't looked too, too much into it, but it sounds like there is some some bad juju going on over Blizzard right now. Like, people, like, the employees are, are not happy with the shit that's going on. So ugh, I got to look more into that. But I've, I've heard there's some, some nasty stuff brewing. Which is a shame. I mean, we all know that Blizzard doesn't make bad games, but this really was a bad move on their part, I think. And didn't they come out and like, and kind of like uh, insult everybody uh, that was there or something, or like tell them to use their phones or some shit? Yeah. So basically, people were like asking. One of the questions was, "Well, okay, I see you've made this game for mobile. Is this like something you're eventually planning on porting to PC or?" Uh, is it mobile only? And I mean, you have to remember that this is you know BlizzCon. Like eighty percent of the people there play on PC, and, and I imagine a chunk play you know some games on cons on console. But like, you don't have a lot of dedicated mobile players there. I'm not saying you have to be a dedicated mobile player to play a mobile game, but the majority of the people there are playing on a console or a PC, right? Like for most of their their, their hardcore gaming, so they show up to hear about games that they assume are going to be on the platform that, you know, they, they, they play their games on. And when it's a mobile fo- mobile device and the developer says, yeah, it's for mobile only. And they're all like, what the fuck? And the developer says, well, don't you have a phone? <laughs> like, don't you guys have phones? And they're like, that's not the point. The point is that we don't want to play this fucking game on a phone. We want to play it on a PC because that's what we've been doing for God, how long has Diablo been out? Like 25 years or some shit. Yeah, something like that. And like for those listening at home who are familiar with with the whole thing, I don't know how you aren't, but that's basically verbatim what that guy said was, "Don't you have phones?" Like when I read that, I had to do a, I had to like look and make sure I wasn't misreading it or like it wasn't some uh, games journals like like. Uh, uh, like his own words. Like that's a quote from a Blizzard developer. Like what uh, the fuck? Uh, yeah, I I cringed when when I heard that. I was like, oh, that is not the response you want to give to this crowd right now. Like, like it, it, the whole thing is it's it's not 
and I get into this debate with people, the whole console PC bullshit debate. I, I fucking hate it. But it's like it's not about do I have the platform to play the thing on? It's do I want to play the thing on that platform? Like there's some games I would probably only play on on my mobile, like, you know, Plants vs. Zombies. There's a PC version. I'm not going to play it on PC because it's not the kind of game that I want to play on PC. But um you know, it, it's something that I would play on mobile, and, and conversely, I wouldn't play a fucking Diablo game on mobile because it's it's too many buttons. My hands are too big for a screen, for one, and I don't like playing action games on on a touch screen. Like, it just it's it's not my thing. Do I have the means to play Diablo on mobile? Absolutely. Do I want to? No. So yes, I have a phone. I still don't want to play the game on mobile. Um, but you know, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's it comes back to what I was saying before, though. It's like the, the shitty part is that we all sit and we, we rat on it. And, you know, the thing is, it's probably going to be actually a pretty good game. Like, they, they don't typically make bad games over there. Um, and I'm sure those developers worked very hard on the mobile game because that's what they were told to do. And that's fine. Like, I'm sure it'll be a good game. I'm sure, excuse me, some people will love to play it. Um, but man, from a PR perspective, that's not a good way to handle it. It's just, it's just terrible. And I, I do feel bad because like I said, those people that worked hard on it now have to hear all this backlash of, Oh, fuck Diablo Immortal. It's all shitty. And ah. it's like, no, the game is probably actually decent. You just marketed it to the wrong guy, you know? Well, and as we said before, the people there were probably just expecting something on, you know, everyone wanted the, the next game, but Yeah. Yeah, and they and like them making that like the the key thing, you know, the keystone of the of the presentation did not do them any favors. You know, just the the whole like here's the big finale, and it's a game you probably aren't going to play because you're mostly PC gamers. It, it, they could have ended with like here's key art for Diablo Four. We're working on it, and people would probably been like, okay, cool. You know. <laughs> All right, so let's move along here. So. There is a game that we've talked about a couple times in the past, um, Seven Days to Die. And it's a very, very indie. Like, if you if you want to see, like, Fall 76 levels of, like, glitchy fuckery and then multiply that, like, times 10, that's what you get with Seven Days to Die. Um, but the big difference is that one is made by Bethesda and one is made by a group called The Fun Pimps. Um, which is like the most indie developer name ever. And it's uh, it's a very, very indie game, very glitchy, um, but it's it's kind of got that indie charm to it, so you just kind of let it slide. And it's a game that originally came out on PC, and it's kind of a, I don't want to say Minecraft style, but it's got that, that mechanic of you can kind of build blocks, but it's not quite as blocky as Minecraft. But it, it, regardless, you can build stuff, you can craft things, and it's a zombie survival game, right? So you have seven days to die where you've got seven like day night cycle and the zombies come out at night. You have to kind of build shelter. And then on the seventh day, like all hell breaks loose and you have to like really be ready for that. Um, it's, it's a, it's a decently fun game. And, and actually um, before Livy had her gaming PC, our kind of group of friends tried it out on PS4 and that was an absolute shit show. Like horrible. <laughs> like, um, it would take, uh, you'd be like riding along like a little mini bike and you would have to make sure you stop to let the next chunk of map load because if you kept going, you'd just kind of shoot off the edge of the map and fall to your death. Um, except you wouldn't die, you'd fall forever and had to like log out. It was, it was totally fucked up. Regardless though, um, it was on PS4, that's where we started. We then got, you know, everyone had a PC, we got it on PC, we gave it a shot and, uh, 
you know, it was it was it was a little bit better. You know, you you could actually function in a reasonable manner. It's still a glitchy indie mess, but the PC version was okay. Well, a, a friend of mine actually mentioned. He goes, "Hey." Did you know that Telltale Games actually ported Seven Days to Die to the PS4? So they, they didn't make the game. Fun Pimps made the game, but Telltale was like was contracted to port the game to PS4, which it was like okay, cool, whatever. And he goes, but Telltale's gone. I was like, oh shit, Telltale. You know, Telltale Games just recently shut down a few weeks ago. Like suddenly, they're they're gone. And so Fun Pimps puts out this. Um, notice saying like so uh, we're all a little shocked about the whole telltale thing we found out uh, exactly the same moment all of you did because no one informed us they just you know even the employees didn't know right they all just kind of got booted out of the building Uh, he goes the problem is is that we've uh, obviously immediately severed our ties with the company because you know that's what you do when a company goes out of business and they've been trying to contact Telltale Games to basically like, hey, can we at least get control of like the servers for Seven Days to Die on console so we can at least continue to support it or, you know, contract that to someone else's support. And Telltale is silent. Like, they're not responding. And Fumpimps is like, uh, well, we really want to support the game for our players. Like, please respond. And Telltale is silent. So... Basically, where it stands is that if you are a player of Seven Days to Die on PS4, and I'm not sure if other other platforms because it might be on Xbox. I'm not sure. I think so. Uh, yeah, you 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 will not be getting updates for the foreseeable future at all because the company that was running the server and the service is gone. Telltale is gone, and they. Are refusing to hand over uh, control of that back to Fun Pimps to actually like do stuff with, which is really shitty because um, A17, the, the most recent update, I think they were live streaming it with some some people like last week, is pretty imminent. So there's a, a very large update coming, and as it stands, console players are not going to get access to that because they, Fun, Fun Pimps can't do anything. They don't have access to do that because that was in. Telltale's uh, wheelhouse, so that's it's pretty shitty. Like they're uh, people are understandably pissed, and Fun Pimps is like, ah, uh, we can't do anything right now. Like we're pursuing legal means to like forcefully get it back, but in the meantime, they they kind of can't do anything unless you know Telltale, in good faith, hands the stuff over. Which is a shame, um, because I you know obviously all those poor people, but like like Telltale's fucked. And they were fucked uh, when we first heard that they were shutting down, obviously. But if they, I mean, like, can they even, is there a way for them to even give the the game over to uh, to the PC developers at all? Like, can they can they do that, even though the, the studio is, like, gone? Well, if the studio does it, yes, they, they can absolutely hand it over, but um, Telltale isn't isn't handing it over. They're being unresponsive to Fun Pimps, and so Fun Pimps is just kind of like shaking their hands like, ah, uh, I guess we can't do anything. So, I mean, eventually they'll probably get it, but in the meantime, like I said, the game's a buggy mess. Like, it, it needs to be constantly supported, and it's it's, it's going to be bad. Like, I, I feel bad for people on, on console. Yeah, for sure. And like this is this is going to run Telltale even further into the ground. 
um, if if uh, if they do have to have you know if lawyers have to get involved, which is going to be a shame. Um, I had in in the back of my mind, I had kind of hoped that maybe Telltale would come back somehow, but if this goes to courts, then they're not coming back at all. I think honestly, they are so because I mean, I'm not sure if we talked about it in the show, but like the the reports are saying that what happened is that their sales were just. Like their games always got really good reviews, or, or some, some of their games got really good reviews. Always got kind of okay reviews, but their sales just never were there to really match the success that they were getting in the ratings. Like people just didn't buy their games, and they just kind of kept churning them out. And it's kind of coming to light that actually they took like a ton of like venture capital money, like huge investments from people, and that investment money was basically keeping the company going for quite a while. And things just finally weren't panning out and it got to a point where they just like we are out of money like we're done like get out we can't pay you anymore um and that's why a lot of the employees got screwed out of um their severance package which is by the way i think legally required by the law in in the state where they're 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 uh they're headquartered so like the, already the people are suing telltale to get you know their severance package because they have to you know, give them proper notice and, and this sort of thing um and then on top of that they're already in the hole all these these investors um so i mean it's it is a total cluster i do not think they will recover from this i think you'll probably see a different company pop up that does a similar structured game to telltale but i think you know that company is done and not coming back ever that's a shame, and I wonder if part of it has to do with uh, with uh, like how Telltale released and made games, these episodic games, if that was a contributing factor to their sales not doing so well. I think there's that, and there's also the fact that it's just like, I mean, for a while they had like a Telltale game for fucking everything. And it was just people kind of kind of got tired of it, you know. Like the like the first few they did, like Walking Dead and the the Wolf Among Us, and I mean Borderlands was was really solid. Like that was probably the best one they did. But after that, it was just like here's one for Back to the Future and Monkey Island and just every franchise that get their their hands on. I think they were just hoping if we can use like the same engine and just quickly churn out something with the same formula that it will you know, produce sales and kind of make up for all these these losses that we're seeing and it just never panned out. So yeah, that's that's a real shame. Um again, I, I don't I, I might pop on a PC and give seven days a try seven days to die a try with the, the A seventeen patch comes out, but like I'm I'm not touching the console version ever again because it's clearly a, a shitty port to begin with. Uh but uh, yeah I do feel for people that are, are playing diligently on on the PS4 version or the Xbox version. And the last thing that I had um so Final Fantasy XIV is a game I haven't talked about in a while because I have not been playing it. Just kind of took a step aside from from the MMO to, to, to try some other stuff because if you've played MMOs, you know that they basically suck your life out and all of your time. Uh, so I haven't been playing XIV, and there's been several updates since I kind of stopped playing. But uh, apparently the Fan Fest, their, their, their Fan Fest was last week, and they did a launch trailer for the next expansion, the 5.0 expansion. And this is kind of the big paid expansion that comes, you know, every uh, two years or so. And, uh, yeah, the trailer was fucking hype. Like, I'm like, holy shit, I want to play this game again. Um, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, it's got a gunblade in it, which is kind of a, a weapon from Final Fantasy VIII. Um, so they haven't, like, explicitly confirmed a gunblade class, but 
this is going to be a Gunblade class because they're going to uh, the country of Garlemond. Um, again, I'm not up to date on the story, but I, I just from what I've heard, they're going to Garlemond, and like everyone there has Gunblade, so it makes sense that that's kind of when they bring it in. Um, and that's very exciting. The trailer's very cool. We'll have that in the in the description. But uh, I, I don't know what's going on in it, but I'm just like, hey, it's Square Enix making pretty eye candy. So uh, when this comes out or when it gets close to coming out, I might jump back onto Final Fantasy XIV and, and kind of grind my way through the, the previous updates and get caught up to speed. But it looks like it's coming out in early September 2019. So it's still a ways off, but it should be pretty good. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stoked for it. Hopefully more details will will uh, surface. I'm not sure if they're doing the same format they did last time with FanFest. I think they are. They kind of have it in like three different locations and they kind of give you like a quarter of the information and another quarter and the last one in Japan is like the, the remaining half the information for the expansion and they kind of spread that over out over like three months. Um, so there's probably more to come. Um, I'm, I'm pretty stoked for it so I'm looking forward to that. Also, there is an update for a Blue Mage job coming in update 4.5, so this will be coming out before the major expansion. Um, it's kind of an interesting limited class. I have to look more into the details, but it sounds like it's level capped at way below what the current level cap is. So you, you can't really use it for high-level content, but it's just... I won't get too deep into the details, just by the nature of what a Blue Mage is in Final Fantasy, is they basically will uh, copy enemy moves and then can use them so like if a giant tentacle Marlboro uses bad breath on the blue mage he can copy the bad breath and use it again later at some point um which is interesting like it's it's really cool I, i've never seen it i guess they i guess they did exist in final fantasy 11 uh i never played it as the blue mage but it's i'm really curious to see how they actually make this work in an mmo setting so that's kind of cool looking as well um i'm not sure if that's really my particular favorite play style but i'll certainly check it out and, and give my thoughts on it but uh yeah a lot of cool stuff coming to final fantasy uh 15 with the Shadowbringers uh, expansion coming in summer 2019 and that's kind of all i had today guys i know it's kind of a short show is there any, any topics you wanted to cover before we uh, go into shout outs here did you I don't guys think i have any uh did you guys talk about the eve expansion uh last week no we didn't and i don't play eve that much so you're probably the better one to talk about it yeah, honestly, neither do I now that school started. I don't think I've sat down and properly played Eve since, like, September or some shit. Um, but the gist of it is uh, they added – they're starting to slowly phase out uh, player and structures, passes, uh, and to continue doing that, they, um, they've they added uh, upwell uh, sino, uh, inhibitors and generators and whatnot. So basically all of your old POS modules um, and, and whatnot uh, have gotten their own upwell stuff. Um, let's see, Stargates uh, have some new some new features, so I think that they'll show you um, colors for uh, activity on the other side uh, for the system that you're going into as far as kills and, and all kinds of other fun shit. Um, let's see, some new ships have been added, so Precursor battle, uh, battle Cruisers, Destroyers, and uh, I think that's it, have been added. So those are the, uh, those are the Triglavian ships. Um, so if they're anything like the bonuses for the other Triglavian ships, you're going to get a lot of remote repair bonuses and, of course, the uh, Entropic Disintegrator uh, bonuses that come with those ships. Um, da, 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 there was some... Oh, uh, the Abyssal content uh, that dropped uh, last expansion, they're opening that up to a... Uh, 
like a co-op thing now that you can do. I think it's uh, you can do one cruiser or three frigates, um, but it's just Tech 1 frigates as far as I understand. Might be Tech 2 frigates as well, um, so that's interesting. Um, and PvP Abyssal content is in there as well, so you can... Uh, I think now you can actually go in and kind of fuck with some poor bastard running his PVE. Uh, so all that was added in the uh, in the ex uh, expansion. Uh, I think that dropped this week. Um, it might have dropped last week. I honestly couldn't tell you for sure. Uh, but that's out there in the wild. So uh, go play Eve. Have some fun, guys. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. I, I have not been following the Eve stuff at all since FanFest, really. But uh, I, I was I was complaining about the, the title of the expansion being Onslaught and confusing the shit out of people in the Project Nova chat. Because uh, if you're following the, the Project Nova discussion, all the PvE game mode, just the game mode in Project Nova is called Onslaught. And then so emails go out to everyone from EVE Online about Onslaught expansion. People are like, holy shit, this is it. This is the alpha. And they open it up. It's like, it's an EVE expansion. People are like, oh, fuck. So it's been it's been very confusing. And I've had to talk a few people off the off the wall about it. They're like, this is bullshit. It's so god, god, why CCP? I'm like, okay, calm down, guys. Calm down. So no, it's that's pretty funny. But uh, no, I'm, I'm glad that they're kind of they're kind of branching out and trying some new things. The the abysmal the, the abysmal dead space is, is kind of a cool idea, and I think that they're going to find some neat ways to kind of inject some of the uh, classic Eve bullshit into it. You know, the, the griefing and that sort of thing. So should be good. All right, guys. Uh, if that's all, let's go into shoutouts. So my shoutout is uh, thank God Jay's not here because he he mocked me mercilessly for this. So. I don't play League of Legends, but I got a good friend that does, and he sent me this video, and basically what uh, Riot did is they made a Korean-style pop music video with four female characters from League of Legends doing this, like, music video. I know nothing about K-pop. I don't know if they're making references or tropes or something like that. All I can tell you is that the video in the song is catchy as fuck, and it's called, like, KDA like we are pop stars or something. I'll put a link in the description so you can get sucked into the madness that the song is because it's so fucking catchy. I found a video that was like one hour of KDA on loop and I'm like, okay, I finished the fucking video just playing in the background while I'm working. So that's how bad it is for me. I'm, I'm not sure if it's as catchy for everyone else, but I really like it. So that's a shout out for me for this week. All right, Bate, you're up. Yeah, uh, I don't really have a lot of shout-outs uh, this week. Um, I was up in Kentucky over the weekend, so uh, I guess shout-out to, uh, to Kentucky. It was a real real pretty area. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that that's really it. Uh, family is, is sometimes no fun to hang out with, you know, but that's how it be around the holidays. Definitely. All right, and Livy, you're up. Uh, my shout out, since I've been reading this page, the entire podcast goes out to Japan, who takes our food and somehow makes it better by making Pringle flavored ramen. <sighs> <laughs> and I want it so bad. You know, you know, I, I thought it was bad enough that we had Pringles that tasted like everything else, like fucking Oreo Pringles. But they had to just go and, and get confused and be like, hey, what if we, instead of making everything taste like Pringles, or sorry, make, making Pringles taste like everything, we'll make everything taste like Pringles. So we'll make fucking Pringle ramen. Right? It's ramen that's mocking the flavor of something that's mocking the flavor. It's, like it's meta ramen. 
Japanese meta food bullshit. Oh my god. Okay. That's, yeah. She's probably fucking importing it right now. I'll have to eat it at some point, like on live stream, and I'll probably die. You won't complain, I promise. I'll probably eat it. Anyways, uh, that's our show, guys. Like I said, I apologize for kind of being a shorter one, but it is a bit of a, a bit of a slow week. Uh, I do want to make sure that everyone is, you know, be safe out there. Thanksgiving, you know, shit always happens on holidays. So don't, like, go too crazy and, like, die. Because uh, that would be terrible. And we want you to listen to the show. But be safe out there. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>